Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Voices of Western, the Humans of Western podcast. If you're new, welcome. This is a podcast where we aim to dive deeper into the personal lives of fellow Western students, staff, and faculty. Thank you so much for taking out uh, time out of your day to tune in. My name is Madison, and I am joined by my co-host, Hossein. He'll give a short introduction to today's topic and our guest. Awesome. Thank you, Madison. Today, we are joined by Nicole Baranowski, who is a current master's student at Ivy. She is also the founder of Her Strong, which is a business founded based on her experiences as a former rowing athlete that she'll talk more about. We will also talk about her student experience at Western University and what it takes to start a business as an undergraduate student and then continuing it while doing her master's degree. So, Nicole, why don't you take it away and give us some introduction about yourself? Hi, thank you for introducing me. So yeah, my name's Nicole. I did my undergrad at Western in kinesiology and I started a business in my last year of undergrad while rowing and uh, working part-time. So I had a lot on the go. I then started my master's degree at Ivy in international business in January of 2020. Was in person classes for two months before the pandemic hit and had to basically change my life around with my business, rowing and school. And uh, yeah, I'm here today, almost done my master's degree. I'm done in two months. So clearly you've had a lot of experience as a, as a Western student doing both your undergrad and now your master's. So I guess what we really want to first talk about is your connections to Western and what your experience was like as a first an undergrad student and kind of maybe how that transitioned to your undergrad, undergrad experience, how it was similar, how it was different. Yeah, so um, initially when I first started picking universities, I didn't really know where I wanted to go. And I visited Western a couple of times and I fell in love with their rec center. And I was like, okay, if I go here, I'm definitely going to get fit. So let's go here and and do that and um, get uh, go into kin. And so I got into here in first year, my residence was Saugeen. And that was that was fun. Um, Then I, in second year, I kept going back and forth with my kin degree, whether I wanted to specialize in sport management or in sciences. And I also joined the novice rowing team. So I had no experience rowing before. And what this team does is they teach you all the basics of rowing so that you could potentially be a varsity athlete for the rowing team, because a lot of people, that's where they start their rowing careers in university. So I joined that team because I really wanted to be on a team again with playing sports and to get fit again. And I thought this was the best way to do that. I was also working uh, part-time jobs at SportCheck, and I just had to balance everything with full-time school as well. So it was just a very hectic second year for me. Then in third and fourth year, I was still able to be rowing while in school. I made it onto the varsity team and started rowing full-time. Like I would train 20 hours a week um, in between my lectures, my homework and everything. And then in fourth year, I started my own business through a course I took in kinesiology, which was entrepreneurship in kinesiology, taught by Mark Mitchell. He's awesome, by the way. And uh, I started this as a project, as a school project, like thinking about a problem that I had, starting it in this class, and then seeing it out to fruition as an actual business throughout my extra time. So whenever I wouldn't be rowing or in school, I would be working on this. And that's how I would uh, go through my and my last year of undergrad, basically. And then I kept going with it through Ivy and will be taking it full time after I'm done at Ivy in May, June. 
Okay, uh, it definitely seems that you have been involved in lots of things and many things have been going on for you. So like, let's take a time to uncover maybe each of those experiences in more details. Um, starting with time management, like in your second year, you said you were so busy or spending 20 plus hours on the team. How is that like? How is life like um, being involved in other things other than school? Honestly, it, it took a toll on me for sure. I did have a lot of naps and a lot of coffee and I did miss some classes. Like, I'm not going to lie. It wasn't perfect, but I did find the balance where I would do well enough in school where I could uh, do it all, like have all those commitments there. Like I still made on the Dean's list and I still had good grades. I still trained well and I got a lot of hours in. So it was manageable. There was just a lot of sacrifices that I had to do. So I didn't go out every weekend. I didn't stay up super late because I would be super tired for the next day. And so it was just a lifestyle change to realize like my priorities were rowing in school. And so I just balanced everything else around that. Yeah, certainly uh, seems to take a lot of commitment. And as uh me and Hossein are both currently in our undergrads. And I know personally, I don't have a part-time job, but I do um, some work outside of school, just volunteering and stuff like that. And that itself, I feel is uh, a lot. And so I can't, I cannot imagine having uh, school and then rowing and then eventually a business. I, I can't imagine that. It, it definitely takes a certain type of person to have that time management. And it's something that also doesn't come naturally. I think it's something you have to work towards. Is that fair to say? Uh, yeah, you definitely have to work towards it as well as I also had the mentality of like each of my commitments would be a break from the other one. So like, let's say I needed a break from doing school, I would just transition mentally into doing something for my business. Or if I was like too mentally exhausted, I would do another training session for rowing. So it just kind of worked out where it, they all complemented each other in terms of how I structured out my day. And I didn't really lie around a lot watching Netflix, for example, because I didn't put the time towards that. So instead of using my downtime to like lay on the couch, I would actually just be doing something else, even if it was um, super like a monotonous task. It's interesting how priorities change. Like I know you mentioned you had to sacrifice other things to make other things happen. Um, and like in student life, that's or in life in general, that's something we have to be comfortable with. You can't have everything. Time is limited and that's what makes choices so important. Well, as you bring that up, it, I wouldn't necessarily call them sacrifices. I, I know I just did, but I would call them choices. Like I would look at my life and what I see in the future for myself. And I have two options. I could either go to bed early and have a great training session in the morning, great productive day, or I can stay up and watch Netflix or like go out with my friends. And sometimes I would make that choice where I would go out with my friends because that's what I needed at that point, because you can't always be on. But most of the times I wouldn't because in my in my ideal self, I would see me being cr crushing all of my goals and going out or watching Netflix don't exactly align with those goals. That's interesting. I remember uh, Hossein and I were actually talking. There was that old like Facebook post a while back and it was like that triangle and it was like, yeah. um, what was it? Um, have a social life, good grades, and then yeah. be like mentally like healthy and stuff like that. Like, pick, yeah. <laughs> it was like pick two. You can only have yeah. two. And it almost seems like a very dangerous mindset because like I think if you really prioritize uh, certain things in, in life and like what you really want, I think most people would actually dedicate time towards having a social life, good grades and stuff mm -hmm. like that. 
So, but just to like fight back on that, it doesn't have to be those two options all the time. So one week you like switch back and forth. I find that a lot of people, I was myself, this was my mentality too. It's like, you have to go all in, but you don't, you just kind of have to see like what works best for you that day or that week or that month to get you to where you want to go. Exactly. Yeah. That's why it's a bit like of a dangerous mindset being like, mm-hmm. oh, you have to pick two. Yeah. yeah. So I remember seeing that post. It like went like viral forever ago. And yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, like I totally agree with it. But now I'm kind of like, mm, I don't think that's sort of accurate as as a student trying to balance like my time. I feel like you have to kind of it's something that you have to work towards. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think what works for me is being intentional. Like, um, as you said, making choices is so important, you have, but also being intentional about things that you do. Um, is there something you want to get out of it? If you're so tired today, like how would you want to recharge? Uh, I read something about book ending your day, which means past a certain time during the day, you wouldn't be doing any schoolwork or any other projects and just taking care of yourself. Um, I know it's so difficult to do it right now when our work, school, and everything is happening at the same place at the same desk. But uh, at least this is something I found beneficial and helpful to like differentiate between things. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Now let's talk about a bit about Hairstrong. Um, sure. You talked about your fourth, fourth year taking a course. Maybe talk to us more about that. How did that happen? How did Hairstrong come about? Yeah, so um, in third year was my first year on the varsity rowing team. And at that point, I was really like had my eyes set to be very competitive within the sport, especially at the university level. So I trained all the time, but I still didn't give up my job, my my other part time jobs. So I was constantly on the go. And I needed to have good training sessions in the time that I had. But every time that I would go on a run or something that I required a lot of head movement, my hair would always get in my mouth, in my eyes and in my way. And it was just very frustrating. And I always blamed myself. I thought I was the problem. This is like, this was my decision to have long hair. And this is my consequences. Like this is my punishment for having long hair. And so then I, I just kept having this problem in my mind. And when I, so I started in fourth year, I was nominated captain of the rowing team. So like I was already increasing my responsibility to training and all that. And I was still getting frustrated by my hair. And so then in this course, one day my prof asked us, okay, um, what's a problem that you face daily? And all I could think of was that my hair couldn't stay up. And so when we wrote our problem on the board and went around the room, um, saying out loud our pro- different problems, we got to mine and other people in the class also resonated with it. And that was my aha moment of realizing that my hair isn't the problem, it's the products. And so that night I went home and started researching on different ways I could make an adjustable or something that tightened in my hair so that it didn't fall out when I needed it to stay up or didn't damage my hair because a lot of times I also got headaches or the dent ring that you get around because the elastic has this really big pressure point so I started playing around I asked my boyfriend to help who was in mechanical engineering at western at the time because he knew a lot about camping and I wanted to kind of take inspiration from those knots as well as he just knows a lot he's so smart so we made um, a prototype and I brought that into the final day of my class 
and presented it. And it was uh, the main project of that class was to make a business plan. And so I did the business plan and I also brought in a prototype because I thought, well, one, if it works for me, this is amazing. I could use this every day. And two, I, I might get extra marks because I put so much effort into this project. So it was a win-win to make it. And so uh, on the day I was presenting, it was a bit coincidental that the people, the business advisors from Propel, which is the entrepreneurship center at Western University, came to help judge each of the pitches in a fun style, like somewhat Dragon's Den style like day that we had. And I ended up winning that day as like the one of the best pitches of the day because of how scalable my business plan was. And then later on, I got an email from the business advisors asking me to come in and promoting or helping me realize that I should actually pursue this business and see where it takes me. And so at this point, I still didn't know anything about businesses. I didn't have any knowledge, any prior experience on managing or supply chains or marketing or anything like that. I just wanted, I just knew Ken. And so it was a bit intimidating, but because they were so helpful of telling me like where to go or where to look and how to define my goals and what to do next, I just started doing the tasks every single week and just kept growing and growing from there. So then by the time um, April came, so this class was in September 2018 to December 2018. Then by the time April came, I had a pitch ready so that I could apply for their summer incubator program to help me grow my business as well as I applied to a pitch competition called Seed Your Startup. And that pitch competition was in April and I didn't win first place, but I did win the fan favorite award, which was kind of cool. And I got accepted into the incubator. So all I did that summer was work on my business and row. I didn't have to get a part-time job and worry about my expenses. So that was just kind of like the start of how I did uh, everything with school with the help of Propel into the summer. Yeah, I feel like one of the most daunting parts of uh, starting a business is you have an idea, but it's like, how do you actually make it into a business? And I think it's interesting, your story, how, you know, you just came up with something in class and then it just so happened that you were able to turn it into a business based on the opportunities that you were given, which is really cool. Because I feel like that's that's something that as someone who doesn't know a lot about business or starting a business, it seems really scary. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. And I mean, my biggest asset for the first few weeks and months was how resourceful I am. And it shows in like how I even get money. Like for me, not only did I have part times is I found every single paid study I could on campus to get money for food. And so that same mentality of like knowing, I didn't even know where to look, but I just looked on Google. Like Google is my best friend. I asked people and like just knowing what to like, knowing what you, acknowledging what you don't know and trying to find it was key there. Okay, so let me ask you this. You took this course in, what was it, September, right? Yeah. Um, how long did it take you to like make that prototype, finish it and like prepare it for presentation? Yeah, uh, I started making it in October and it was done by the end of the month. And was it basically you and your boyfriend working on it or did yeah. you seek outside resources? No, it was just me and him. I needed to do this the cheapest way I knew how because I had no money. So it was just me and him. And he, he even taught me how to sew. I didn't know how to sew, but he did. It was amazing. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I guess a follow up question to that would be, you know, as once again, someone who doesn't know much about business. So what exactly was included in your original business plan and like, 
was that something that you kind of branched off of as you were starting a business or did you kind of like, okay, we're going to start fresh having the product? Right. Um, so honestly, I don't know what went into that original business plan. It was honestly like a bunch of sections that I got from the class. And there's this one site called Futurepreneur that actually helps startups and um, helps their ideas come into fruition. So they have a business plan maker that I followed. And it just had all the sections that you needed to think about for a business. So you thought about what your legal aspects, are you going to be incorporated? Are you going to have founders? Are you, who's going to be your lawyer? Um, are you, do you need a patent? Do you need a trademark? And just gets you thinking about all the things that you might or may not need that you didn't even know about. And then in terms of like the marketing plan, it's so easy to say, oh yeah, I'll just advertise on Instagram and Facebook. Okay. Well, how will you do that? What are you going to show? What pictures are you going to do? What videos, what captions how who are you going to target to so some of that information I did carry on to help me push through because at first I wanted to target athletes and I still kind of am because they're the people that most like will are the most exaggerated of this problem because you see someone sprint and automatically like their hair tie falls out so I thought okay if it works for them it could work for the everyday on the go lifestyle too so that was carried over. But in terms of everything else, as an entrepreneur, you change and pivot all the time. You can't be bound by a piece, a, a piece of paper that you had of, at the beginning because it will not carry forward through the whole time. Okay, um, Nicole, let's go back to the pitch day, the day that you had your prototype ready and yeah. were like pitching the idea to your classmates in that course. Um, you did mention that later on, people from uh, Propel ended up reaching out to you. Yeah. Um, how how did that feel? Like, what what did what went in your mind? How did it feel to be approached by external departments? I guess. Uh, I was just honestly like my go-to attitude for everything is, oh, let's just see how this goes and see where this takes me because there's what's the harm in having a conversation or having a coffee chat nothing really. So at first I was surprised because I'm just an akin student. Like I didn't really know anything. I didn't know how to do everything. And I just wasn't very experienced at all, but I, I guess they saw in me what I couldn't at the time. And I guess they were right because I'm still running this business today. So. And a shout out to Propel as well. I think they're also called uh, Western entrepreneurship. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. They may have um, rebranded. I'm not sure. Yeah, I think they still go by both names. But one question. So for our student entrepreneurs who like have an idea and want to start, mm -hmm. um, how was your experience like? Were you meeting with them every week, every month? Like how was that uh, guidance and mentorship like? Yeah, so basically you go at your own pace. If you want to meet weekly, you can. If you want to meet monthly, you can. It's all on you. I was either every week or every other week I was coming in because I kept making progress on the business and I didn't know what to do next. So they, I just kept working at it, but you could do different paces. If you have a very, very heavy school load, then you may not want to go in every day because you want to focused on school. For me, my last semester was not that as heavy. And so I did have time to work on my hair strong and keep on growing it and uh, make it ready in time for April for the or March, April for the pitch competition and incubator. So I made a very tight timeline for myself. And I told myself I need to do this program this summer. 
So I wanted to have everything done by that time. So it's, it's basically on your own kind of timeline and what you want to get in what time. And I was going to ask, uh, was it all by yourself? Like until you got in the seed your startup? Yeah, I mean, um, legally, my name's on the business and I do the day-to-day operations, but I have so many people that I reach out to for help, like if I need an opinion on something or if I need to just discuss, go back and forth on some ideas or even um, days where I need to shoot content for Hair Strong, I ask friends and family to help out as well. Yeah, as, as you said, like the resources is what really like helped you uh, grow and start your business. And I think a lot of people don't, perhaps realize the business that are available a at Western University mm-hmm. for young entrepreneurs and then also just even even online and yeah. so I think that Google's your best friend which I think yeah. is a really, really cool approach um, okay one thing that I want to know is so you transition to master you're now at Ivy yeah um, how, how do you find that transition like from undergrad from studying kin to being in a business school, one of the best business schools in North America. How is it like? Honestly, I didn't, I never thought I would actually go to Ivy because I didn't think I was smart enough. Like I, it's honestly all this self inner critic in me that thought, okay, you're not good enough to go there. I I didn't want to be consultant or an, or a financial advisor. Like that just wasn't in my um, site at first when I was in Ken. So I'm like, okay, I don't need to go Ivy, but Ivy is so great in the terms of like practicality in a business setting because essentially every career path you get into is a business and knowing the back end of how it works was really cool. In terms of like my startup, I didn't really have courses that focus much on startups and like my business. So that was still aside from Ivy. But what Ivy got me to do was think critically of how to solve problems in the real world instead of just giving you theory and um multiple choice questions on like what on facts and so it just got me to think in a totally different light on how to approach problems that are actually relevant in the real world yeah i think it's interesting that you kind of have like this vision in your mind of of what like a business owner needs to be and you kind of think oh this is someone that has like a business background and stuff like that and so i think it's interesting when you're transitioned from kinesiology studies to IV and how you know as you said it gives you different skills but those skills are still something that is is, is like important and transferable from your old study or your undergrad studies to your to your graduate work so i think that's uh, some a misconception that a lot of people have yeah for sure i think um especially in my scenario i can give you an example so last year in January, I had applied in December to be a part of their MBA, Ivy's MBA pitch competition. And at this point, like I didn't even enter my master's yet, but I had to apply for that category because I was going to be in my master's when the p- competition was um, hosted. So I initially they said, sorry, you didn't make it through. But if you'd love to be on the wait list, we'd love to have you. And if a team drops out, then you can come in. And I said, okay, why not? Like, that's awesome. I'd still love a chance. If I don't get one now and get one later, that's fine. And so then a week or two, two weeks before the competition, they said, okay, a team dropped out. Do you want to be in it? If you do, we need this business plan by the state. And I said, oh, okay, yeah, sure. I can, I can do that up for the challenge there. And when on the final day, as I was competing, I was listening to other pitches and they were all MBA students, probably years of like undergrad in in business and, and then working experience. And then they have their MBA. So they're even learning more about how businesses work. And I ended up winning that competition 
above them. And that was just like a true testament to how much hard work and um, passion and grit you put into your business and how much effect efficient and effective effort can take you. And so I just thought that was really cool that you don't really need to be super strong on all the technical terms, but if you know how to execute, then that goes so, so much longer, so much further, takes you so much further. Um, Congrats. That's amazing. Now reflecting back, what do you think was the key things that set you apart from those MBA people who have been in business for years, let's say? Um, Well, so sorry, they haven't had their own business for years. They've probably like worked for other people. I, I honestly don't know personally, but I think maybe the key thing was that, especially in the finals, I was the, I was a one person team. I was the only team with one person in that competition. And I was the only one in the finals who had already started selling and had already had financial traction instead of just projections So I understand that when you have an idea, it's hard to go from like idea to sales right away. That's not the point, but I still had like uh, validity from external sources that proved that this was needed in society. That's very cool. And now that you're in Ivy, um, you're doing a virtual exchange, right? How's that like? Uh, So yeah, so uh, before COVID, I had applied for this master's degree and I was supposed to go to Australia for an exchange, which would have ran from uh, February 2021 to June 2021. And I'm currently doing that all online with the Australian time zone. And they had switched or pushed um, their classes to later in the day to accommodate for all the European students, which actually made it worse for me because I'm up at 2 a.m., Last night, for example, I was up from 6.30 in the morning to 4 4 a.m. today because I was up during the day and then I had a class. So my sleep's taking a big hit, but I'm making the best of it. Like it's it's still in the middle, middle of the night and I'm still one of the students that keeps on participating and keeps on being engaged. And I'm really trying to take on the mentality of you get what you put in. And even though this isn't ideal and this sucks and it's okay to admit that it sucks because it's just the reality of it. I'm still trying to make the best of it because I chose to continue on and I chose to pursue this path. So I, yeah, just making the best out of it is what I'm trying to do, even though it's not ideal. Yeah. As I, my, my friends are sick of me talking about this, but as someone that was supposed to go abroad, it really sucks that a lot of those opportunities were taken away. So I'm curious is what made you decide to do the abroad experience online? Um, I thought it would be an interesting like experience in general. Like, I don't think in looking into the future, a lot of people will be able to say, oh, I did an online experience exchange and I had to stay up in classes overnight. I don't think a lot of people can have, um, like even go through that for a few months because it's hard. It's, it's honestly hard. I'm only in this for one month and it's really hard. And so I think it's easier to have picked another path, but I chose what was the harder path because I wanted to meet new people. I wanted to make new friends and I already made friends at Ivy and staying in those classes, I wouldn't have gotten that goal. So my main goal was to meet international people and make new friends. And it was mainly for that social aspect where I chose to do the overnight um, classes. I agree on the uniqueness. I think this is something that 10 years in the future, you would look back on and say, and 
I like I think would be the only generation who kind of experiences this. Um, it's not it's something unique. That's what I'm gonna say. Um, I haven't experienced something close to this. The closest thing I have is talking to my family who are not in Canada and like they are with a time difference of seven hours, yeah. which is frustrating. Like you have to time your calls, make sure you call within a certain time frame before yeah. they sleep. Yeah, I completely agree. Like with my group projects. I'm already up for class. So I'm like, okay, I'll stay up another hour after class so that I don't have to either go to sleep and nap and then wake up tomorrow at like for an hour at 3am. So I try to plan it out, but planning group meetings is brutal. Yeah, I can't imagine trying to balance all the different time zones. I'm, I'm assuming that other students are perhaps also international students. So maybe trying to balance multiple different time zones will be yeah. really yeah, for most of my groups, it's three different time zones because I'm the only one in Canada. So everyone's in Europe or, or uh, Sydney or China. So it's it's very it's very off. <laughs> That's crazy. Okay, so going back to your business, I have one interesting question, uh, perhaps. So as a business owner, I'm curious, especially as a young business owner. Um, is if there's any mistakes that you have made along the way that you kind of look back on, um, not necessarily bad mistakes, but ones that you were able to kind of grow from or where you learned the most? Um, it's That's actually a very hard question for me to answer because I make mistakes every day and like I'll, I'll look into that and say, oh, maybe I should have done that differently. But it's all part of that experience of being an entrepreneur and growing in your own mindset from your own mistakes. Because if you didn't make that mistake, you wouldn't have known that this would have been the outcome of that mistake. You wouldn't have been like watching for that. And um, now you know for the future, okay, if I do this, then this will happen. And we don't want that again. So you learn firsthand what uh, what your decisions do and what consequences they have. And it's so impactful because you're the one that, I don't want to say it's, you're the one that's impacted by it. So even when like I worked at a, part-time job like let's say at sport check if i messed up on a return my manager would deal with it or like my store would deal with it it wasn't me i was so low level into the retail chain that it didn't really it didn't really matter but here it's like every decision that i make i have to be okay with it and it's kind of hard some days because my personality is where i like to do more than plan because i get a little bit impatient which is which is sometimes a flaw but not really because I guess I could go the other way and say, oh, I'm wait, planning too much and not executing. But because I execute uh, more than I plan, some things just turn out uh, not optimally. And if I put a little bit more planning on it, then I wouldn't have had that encounter or if I was a little bit more careful. But I mean, at this at this stage, you just have to try test things out and see how they go. So even though I have made mistakes, like they're not, they weren't so bad where I could never recover. Two things that I want to add, is, and like that's a really interesting conversation. Like it, it really fascinates me. Uh, one thing I recently saw was that the most successful people are the ones who fail the most. And the reason is simple. The ones who fail the most are the ones who try most different things and like know what works, what doesn't. So I think it's an entrepreneurial mindset to be okay with failure. Um, the other thing was that I also watched uh, Undercover Billionaire. That's a TV show. Uh, season one, amazing. Glenn serves such an amazing man. 
uh, one thing that they learned is the business owner versus employee mindset. Like Nicole, you mentioned back at your time at Sports Check, if you mess something up, you weren't going to be fully responsible for it. Um, but the mindset changes once you're a business owner. If you don't get it done, then it's not going to get done. Or if you don't deal with it, um, no one else will. Yeah, exactly. And it's actually crazy because when I worked at Sportcheck, it was still before I really dove deep into Hair Strong. And so the totally different aspect, totally different mindset and realizing that, yeah, it's like, I'm let's say like, I'm not afraid of failure. I'm not also comfortable with it. Like, obviously I don't want to fail, but just knowing that it's not that bad as you like make it out to be is what helps you go through failure and like push forward and be uncomfortable and take on what's scary. Yeah. It almost seems like a lot of the lessons that you're learning as a business owner are things that you can take and apply in your personal life outside of a business owner. So you're talking about making decisions and being okay with failing. Those are a lot of hard life, uh, like life lessons that a lot of people don't necessarily learn. And so I think as a business owner, you have a unique experience where you're kind of forced to uh, face a lot of those challenges. Yeah. I mean, it's okay if sometimes you choose wrong and it sucks, like that's fine. Just figure out a way to get out of it. So I guess uh, a final question about your business would be, what are your future aspirations as a, as a business owner? What are your short-term goals or what are things that you're hoping to accomplish soon? Yeah. So um, I, my goal for this year in terms of sales is to reach a hundred thousand, which would be unreal. And I'm going to try and take this full time after I'm done school so in July, um, I don't know if I'm the type of person to like have my primary focus on one commitment. So I may take on like a part-time job or a part-time hobby on the side so that I uh, can have that break in between um, like thing, having my mind all set on the business and having this full-time and then just keep growing it and having like hiring people that I love, that I'd love to work with to make this into the global brand that I know it can be. And yeah, that's basically um, the plan for the next few years. Yeah, I also feel like you almost have a unique experience, obviously, with the pandemic and everything. I, I feel like it, you have that extra hurdle to get over as a, as a young business. And so props to you for kind of still working on growing your business, even during these difficult times. I think that's really cool. Yeah, I mean, it is hard, but it's, uh, it's kind of fun some days. So <laughs> not that bad. And I think... Like a skill that us as, well, I want to say students, but it really applies to everyone. Uh, we are developing is um, a core competence in adaptability. Like so many things have been changing this year. It's crazy how many things have been changing. And uh, just being able to bounce back, um, try better, hope that the next day would be a better day is like an amazing life skill that I think we have developed recently. Also, though, what I think is not very realistic is that people expect you to change like that. 
And that's not true at all. Even with the constant changing rules of lockdowns, it's very hard to get on board the whole, let's just say Canada, 33 million people to follow by the same rules that you're changing every single day and adapting to it and changing their whole life. Like before the pandemic, everyone had a completely different life where you would compartmentalize your day by going to work, going to the gym, going at home. And now it's all in one space when you're locked in. And so it's very unrealistic to expect everyone or even like even one person to adapt and change to it overnight because you're so used to everything else. So my main thing about that is like, be easy on yourself. Like, yeah, it's, you can't just keep being stuck in the past and what it was, but you do have to change. And if it takes you longer to change, that's fine. No one's setting these timelines, but yourself. I think that's a really good approach. A lot of our previous conversations on Voices of Western have been about kind of resilience, especially during the past year, especially. And as students going through your undergrad, things are constantly changing. Um, like today, example, uh, I know I my, a lot of my housemates are in music and they were doing in-person classes. But now because of the current situation, they're transitioning to online classes, which is the back and forth is, is hard to adapt. And yeah, so I feel like in a way we're forced to, but in a way, you know, we're kind of going at our own pace and we're learning a lot about ourselves throughout this experience. Well, also just to add on to that, it it's okay to say this sucks. It's okay to be sad. It's okay to be angry because you know what? It does suck to change and it does this whole situation is scary and unknown and different. And what we knew before as normal, what we were happy with, like we were comfortable there. Maybe this change will be for the better in, in the long run who knows at this point, but it's okay to also take in those feelings and really feel them instead of just being distracted into TikTok and thinking, okay, this is going to be okay soon. Like it's okay to let those feelings, like let those feelings out once in a while. Yeah. I so agree with the social media thing. Um, one of the main reasons I do not have an account on TikTok or don't really use it is because I'm afraid I will spend an extra two hours on it. Uh, so that's how I'm trying to control my day of, okay, like Instagram, Facebook, they're already enough. LinkedIn is enough. Like I don't want one more distraction to be added to my life. But also people, like I've heard a lot of advice being like, this is the time to learn, to get, learn a new language, read a book, blah, blah. But sometimes you just need time to process what's going on and you shouldn't force yourself to taking on so many new things. Like the first few months of COVID was absolutely br brutal for me. I went from waking up at 5 a.m., going to the gym, class, hair strong, everything, to having trouble getting up out of my bed past 10 a.m. Like it was, it took me a while and it still does. It's still really hard. So I just don't think you should be as hard on yourself as long as you're trying your best and putting forth your best effort, that should be enough. Something that I've learned a lot throughout this experience is just being able to relate to other people. This is something that we can, we're all going through. And so we all have different experiences and we can all relate at least at, on some level uh, going through this experience. And so it's really interesting talking to other people and kind of seeing things from their perspective. Cause I feel like a lot of people kind of experienced this past year, especially in such different ways. Yeah. And so I've been learning a lot about seeing things from other people's perspectives and going about things in that way. Yeah, I think for sure after this pandemic kind of resides, we'll have way more empathetic people around us, which is which would be very nice. 
So I guess one final question to just tie everything together. So having just in your undergrad and now being a master's student, is there any advice that you have for uh, current students um, and future entrepreneurs as well? Well, I tell myself a lot of different things every day. Um, I don't have a one, I don't have one quote that pushes me through every day. It's usually very different on day to days because I going through something different every day. So some days I'll tell myself just do the, the the easy step and just do what is easy in that day. So for example, some days I'll get overwhelmed with all the tasks I have to do, but if I can just pick the one that would make the most impact and just focus on that, then that's what I would do. Some days you choose the hard things. You choose what makes you uncomfortable and only you can know that. Only you can know what makes you uncomfortable and what will push you forward to reach your goals. I don't think that you should have a set plan. I mean, it helps to have a plan and know where you're going, but if that plan changes or if that plan looks a little bit different a few years down, it's okay. I didn't know what I wanted to do until fourth year. I, I was freaking out. Everyone's like, oh, I'm going to master's. I'm going to med school. I'm doing this. I'm doing this. And although you hear all those stories, a lot of other people still don't know what they're doing. And the timelines that we put on ourselves as a society about like, let's say by 20, you have to do this. By 25, you have to do this. By 30, you have to do this. Those are all arbitrary. It do- they don't mean anything. Do it on your own time and just do what you believe will create the greatest impact. Um, I would also say that finding your passion, I feel like is a bit of a myth. Like they're like, oh, sorry, follow your passion is a bit of a myth because you could be passionate about a lot of things, but you have to meticulously and intentionally go out and find it instead of thinking that it's going to happen upon you and fall upon you one day. So just trying out different things, seeing what you like, seeing what you don't like, and just following that. I think that's brilliant advice because um, as students, like I know myself, I've changed so many things about my plans. I don't even know where I'm going now. I'm in my third year (laughs) and like just staying open to future and see what pops up. And like, if it's good, yeah, sure. Why not? Um, It's difficult. It's difficult to be okay with uncertainty. And it, uh, it takes a significant amount of, I guess, patience to try and figure things out. But yeah, as you said, there are so many more people who are going through this than we actually know. Uh, One of the reasons why we feel that we are the only ones is because these things are not talked about publicly and I think they should be. Yeah. I mean, I would have never went on social media and said, oh, I don't know what I'm doing with my life after university. And then I would always see people saying, oh, I got into this school, I got into this school. So it it may have been somewhat like embarrassing, like, oh, maybe I should know what I'm supposed to do. Like I'm paying, I, I'm three years in the school, like, why don't I know yet? And I, it's just, there are, this could be a different topic of like my opinion of how this goes, but it, it doesn't matter what other people's timelines are it matters what you think and what you do i think that's a really comforting message for all undergraduate students and even beyond 
as we've seen this past year especially things can change so quickly and so unexpectedly and we seem to post those highlights on social media when in actuality we don't really know what's going on behind the scenes those were all the questions that we had for you is there anything that you would like to share as uh maybe share some social media for your business and stuff like that. So uh, if anyone's interested in seeing my website and like looking at a little about story, my website's hairstrong.ca and you can purchase uh, my product on there. So what I actually sell is an adjustable hairband that you can tighten to the perfect fit without giving you as much of a headache or damaging your hair. So it works as hard as you so you can focus on crushing your goals and um yeah that's it that's and then i'm on like twitter but i don't really tweet i'm on instagram at hairstrong band and there is a linkedin page at hairstrong band as well awesome i'll be sure to check that out for sure okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of voices of western uh, be sure to check us out on our facebook page which is humans of western and also our instagram at humans underscore western and yeah have a good day